Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here with Ruth. How are you, Ruth? All right. Yep. Relatively quiet Monday morning by our standards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are. You can you can see some snow falling in the background. Which is very nice there. Yeah, I know. It is actually rather picturesque, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. pissing down with rain in Holland, so uh, <laughs> le- less picturesque here, to be honest. Um, we are with you to talk about uh, the Welsh clubs this week. Um, we're going to talk about Swansea, Wrexham, Newport, and of course the big news at Cardiff City that Neil Harris has gone and that Mick McCarthy has taken over. Um we're going to leave that for a little bit because I think that's going to be the, the bulk of our chat. Um, just to start off with Swansea, Ruth. Um, I mean, fantastic win for them on the weekend. 5-1 against Nottingham Forest through to, I think, it's Man City in the next round of the Cup. Um, you know, great weekend for them. Yeah, I uh, I managed to watch quite a bit of, of that game and it, they're just fun to watch. Yeah. I really enjoy watching them play and the... The energy and the verve they've got, and, you know, it can, it can be a positive. There was some beautiful goals in um, in Saturday's game. Uh, the, both um, the opening one from Liam Cullen was re- was really well taken, and um, the his the one he I think it was the fourth goal was his second one. They were both yeah. really lovely yeah. lovely goals. Um, they do leave themselves open a little bit at the back, and you know Nottingham could certainly have got more than the than the one they did. Um, but yeah, just I'm just enjoying watching them at the minute. There's there's um, there's an energy, isn't there, and a and a vitality about them at the minute that's just really really engaging. Yeah, I agree, and I think to be honest, a lot of a bit, or I say a lot of a bit of the openness, I think came about because they just thought we may as well have a crack here because Forest looked so bang average. They looked like they weren't really up for it when they got a couple of goals. I think it was one of those sort of games where everyone thought, well, I could probably get a goal here. Um, so I, I do think that kind of contributed to their openness. But I I agree with you. The the way they play is great. I think in the league they've developed a real. Um, steeliness when they need to as well and uh, yeah I mean the league table makes makes good reading at the moment doesn't it it certainly does yeah going, going back to the game I think I think Forrest's head dropped after the penalty didn't they they got they got back to that messy lucky goal of, of knockouts and then yeah. I think the, the penalty was harsh actually and I, I think at that point they, they almost kind of shrugged the shoulders and it was just like well what's going on here and then that <laughs> That gave the Swans some impetus as well, didn't it? Yeah, no, I agree, and I think, like I say, I mean, I mean, to win five one at uh, at any occasion is uh, is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, looking at their next couple of games, they've got uh, a really interesting little run. Actually, they've got Brentford at home on Wednesday. Recording this on Monday night, so they've got them on Wednesday. On Saturday, they've got Rotherham, and then the following Friday, which I'm really interested to see, they have got uh, Norwich at home as well. So the Rotherham game, you'd say, you know, away from home rather are struggling you know big big chance for three points there uh, you know on either side of that game they've got two really really important games against teams around them in the league yeah it could be fairly pivotal couldn't it in terms of some uh some movement at the top of the yeah. top of that table um Brentford in particular are playing really well they've all three teams are uh, going back to what we were discussing at the la- in the last pod. All of those three teams are such an advert for for having an academy and having a plan and playing away and and being being true to what you are and what your plan is. And I've got a lot of time for all three clubs actually. 
Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I think, uh, I mean, we'll come on to, you know, the benefits of having a plan. <laughs> and it's easier said than done in the championship. I think mm. the, the, the desperation to get up sometimes over overruns a lot of things. And equally, you can, when you start slipping down that slope, you really don't want to get caught up in it. So again, the pragmatism can often kind of take over any long-termism. And I, I, it's a very difficult league to be in, but uh, I think... I think the way that Swansea, as you mentioned, those other clubs are kind of going around things, I think is, is a real is a real strong advert for them. And I think there's a reason that Brentford have kind of grown, have built a new stadium. Norwich have been in the Premier League, you know, fairly recently, a couple of times as of Swansea. Um, and that when they kind of struggled a bit is when they lost their identity to an extent, Swansea. So you can really tell the, the benefit to there of, of having that long-term plan. Um to, to look on as well, they've also brought in three good players as well uh, in the last couple of days. Jordan Morris from Seattle Sounders, Ben Hamer and Conor Hurahane. Conor Hurahane especially, I think, is uh, is an excellent signing. Now, how do you say his name? Is it is he, is his pronunciation Hurahane? I, I was going I was going Hurahane, <laughs> which is the opposite of what you said. I, my honest answer is Ruth. I've never met the man. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, I th- I do think it's another international in the team, isn't it? He's an Irish international. I think he's an interesting addition. Um, and it's interesting that Villa have, have released him, actually. Um, going to Jordan Morris, there's a lot of woes in, in this corner of, of the US. I can imagine, yeah. Um, Seattle, the Seattle fans love him. He's, he's actually everything that a Swansea fan would enjoy. You know, he's a homegrown lad, always... He's from Washington State. Always played for for the Sounders. Um, he's a, he's a he's a good player. He made the last four of the MVP list in for the MLS last season. Um, scored twelve goals in the equivalent of about twenty four twenty five games. Um, I th- I think he'll you know he's he's going to push. Low and Ayu, I think, in the midfield, and you know, perhaps provide a bit of rotation there with the games coming thick and fast, particularly if they have a bit of a cup run. Uh, but he, I think, he'll fit well into the Swansea setup. He's um, from what I've seen, he's energetic, always moving, pulls defenders with him, you know, creates space for others. So I, I'm hoping he'll he'll be a good addition for them. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to uh, football Chris, who was on our podcast uh, a couple of a couple of months ago about about him. He's very positive, very exciting player. He also mentioned to me, and I've kind of half seen rumours of this uh, up and about, but I've not seen much about this side of the of the proverbial pond. More in America, but um, the Swansea owners are also part owners or hold a stake in DC United as well. Um, so I've heard links to them and uh, Paul Ariola, who's a midfielder. So I've, I wonder if he might be someone else who will come across, boosted, of course, by the, the links that the club have there as well. Yeah, and it's a good period for those players to actually come on, come on loan. And, you know, if it really if it really doesn't go well, they can slide back into into the late later half of the MLS season here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can see why it's worth worth a, an experiment for them 
Especially the way that, like we've talked about, Swansea are playing as well. I think it's a good mm. kind of proving ground for a lot of these players who who want to improve their technical skills, but also at a higher level that the you know as the championship is. So, yeah, something something else to look forward to there, I suppose, in terms of a potential loan move um, for someone else uh, for Swansea City. I was also intrigued as well by what the uh, CEO said this week, Julian Winter, talking about finances uh, and, and, and Swansea being in a very strong position. He was he was talking about it'll be a wonderful step. It'll be a strong we'll be in a strong position if we do get promoted. The club would be resourced at a level that it hasn't been for a number of years. Now I mean we've I've I've kind of been very damning and um, maybe damning is a bit harsh, but um, about the way that Swansea have kind of run their finances in the last few years. Um, when we've talked about them at times, and I and it you know it just goes to show that as always I know bugger all because you know things are kind of working themselves out and they are kind of turning themselves around. And if I mean obviously it's a big if there's still a lot of football to go, but it does give very very positive signs for Swansea in the future, doesn't it? I think the fact that he's just making positive statements is positive. I mean, he didn't have to say anything. Yeah. And, I, uh, you know, I think it's indicative of at least they're thinking that way. At least there's an aspiration for that. Um, so, I, you know, I, you want to you see how it how it falls out. Obviously, it's all you can talk money and, and not spend it pretty, easy, pretty easily and pretty freely. But um, I do think it was interesting that it was it was even up for discussion. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important that they that they have more conversation with the Swansea fans. Again, that's something I've been critical of. The That side of the club has perhaps been a bit quiet in recent years. And uh, and I think having this kind of more open dialogue makes everything so much easier. I mean, I will not start rambling about Newcastle United this week, but the lack of communication that comes from the club to the fans, I think, is indicative of the situation. And I think when that starts to improve, I think it improves relations between the fans and, and everyone's a bit more on board. Everyone's a bit more understanding of the situation now. And um, yeah, and I think that that sort of thing is super important. So I, I think it's it's uh, good news for Swansea fans all around. Yep. And talking of Newcastle, oh. I was I was surprised Woodman hasn't been grabbed for a, for a loan somewhere else as well. I think the Swans, Swans should be glad that that seems to have... The rumours of Arsenal there seems to have have dissipated. I think the reality is Newcastle are in quite a bizarre situation. We haven't got any strength in depth anywhere um, apart from in goal. Obviously, Carl Darlow has done a great job for us this year. Dubravka, whilst Dubravka has been injured, but he's a great keeper as well. And you know, whichever of those two is our long term number one, I think is very encouraging. Um, but then, of course, we've got to make a decision on Freddie Woodman. I think he's a very good keeper. I think the club like the fact that he's kind of from the northeast, um, a local lad. It's come through the academy. I think that's something that we haven't done particularly well recently. So, I do. I would be intrigued to know what happened there because I, part of me does think that he might be for sale at the end of the year. It might be an easy, the easiest decision to make. Um, to get rid of him, which not necessarily the right one, but I think it's an interesting one. If Swansea did go up, I think they would have every chance to be able to to be able to sign him. Do you think Newcastle might not have let Arsenal really explore alone then, because they're looking to ensure he keeps playing regularly, and and hence his marketability is high. Yeah, I think so. I think. It's, there's only value to it if he's going to play regular. I've seen Arsenal since then have signed Matt Ryan on loan from Brighton. Yeah. Um. So I guess that, as you say, that's why that has dissipated and kind of put an end to that. And there's no point 
Freddie going there, kind of sitting on the bench, especially again while he's been doing so well for Swansea. I, I think I think the end of this season is a big kind of point in his career, and it'll be interesting because I think a lot of people, you know, think it from from Newcastle perspective anyway, think of Fraser Forster who came through our academy, was very you know had great. Uh, prospect went to Celtic, was outstanding at Celtic, set a load of records, and just kind of drifted into the into the wilderness a bit. He's back playing for Southampton now, but I think the the club are keen for that not to happen again. So I think it will be interesting on in what happens. I do, as I say, I do, part of me does think it's the easiest decision is just just to sell him at the end of the year and keep the two players we've got. But um, yeah, as I say, end of the seasons is a big time for for him. I think. Okay. Oh, we both drew breath and went to speak at the same time. There, um, I was. I was going to move on. Do you have something else? No, to say? I, th- I think. I think I'm done with the swans. There we go. <laughs> As okay. I dropped my phone. <laughs> I was, I was going to say I glanced back to see myself upside down. Uh, um, I want to talk about Newport, and we mentioned last week um, that they're kind of in a bit of a a bad spot. Um, they again went down to 10 men this weekend um, and lost. They last won a game. Uh, I was really surprised by this when I was going through my kind of notes. They last won a game on the 8th of December. Um, they've got Carlisle on Tuesday night, one place below them in the league. Big, big r- game, really. They've Carlisle have got two games in hand on them, but Newport have also got two games in hand on the teams above them. I, think, I feel like they really need to maximise those two games in hand if they're going to if they're going to start moving forward. Can't disagree. It's just a very strange league, isn't it? When you, you consider they've, I think it's the last 10 games, they've got, taken 11 points and somehow remained in third. It's yeah. it's just like, what's going on? Um, in the game against Oldham, they were unlucky. It was a late own goal that, that cost them a point, uh, in, cost them the points in, in that game. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a thin line, isn't it? I think things are things can are clearly swinging on really fine margins in that in that league in particular. I think you can say it pretty broadly, but um, Division Two seems to, to really epitomise that. Uh, but yeah, I think like you say, a really important game against Carlisle, given the the respective standings for both teams at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, looking at the games they've got coming up after that, they've got. Harrogate to a bottom half of the league, they're 18th. They've got Grimsby. I mean, what a good time it would be to start winning games again and, you know, kind of turning that corner, putting pressure on the teams above them, you know, win the game in hand tomorrow and they go one point clear at the top. So it's quite a a funny thing, isn't it? We're talking about the potential slide when actually in actual fact they're they're still in a really strong position it's as you say the the league is kind of all not all over the show but is is very mixed shall we say Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's I think it's a very difficult one to get any kind of momentum in at the minute I think the the circumstances the whole Covid circumstances are really being felt hot I mean everybody's feeling them hard but I think that kind of level of organization is is so stretched trying to put trying to put a team on the field at the minute and um i think really anything could happen in the next you know month to six weeks it's just so unpredictable plus i i do think and i think i mentioned this last week as well they're kind of thinning squad uh, due to mm. players being recalled from loan as ob- loans sorry has obviously not helped I, I say that they have signed 
Anthony Hartigan. I don't know if that's how you say that midfielder from AFC Wimbledon today. So it does, you know, they are kind of rectifying that problem, I guess, towards the end of this window. And it must be so tough for teams, you know, in in the two to replace loan signings given the uncertainty with COVID and everything else. So, you know, I'm sure they won't be the only one in that situation. Yeah, and you can you can understand players being hesitant about just uprooting and moving at the minute as well, can't you? If the prospect is spending the next three or four months in a hotel and all that, so you can you can understand people yeah. just being more reticent to move for short term loans than they have previously. Yeah, I totally agree. Although, although I think Newport remains an you know it's, it remains an attractive club for players to go to on loan. I think so. Hope you know. Hopefully they can. They can at least fill the gaps that have been have been caused by the recalls. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? To, to plug those gaps and give themselves just a little bit more depth again. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still confident, to be honest, they will turn that around. I think they have got, you know, the the basis of a very good squad and a very good team. Um, so hopefully it is just a bit of a dip and that'll start to, to come good. Um, Wrexham equally in, uh, in a bit of bother themselves of late. Um, disappointing result on the weekend i can see ruth shaking her head in the background whilst at the second uh, i mentioned rexham i do wonder if the the kind of boost that seemed to come from the takeover situation has kind of dissipated now and i think we're, we're back to sort of where we were before before all this talk grew yeah i mean if you if you look at the numbers they're probably in a very similar position to this time Last year, I would guess I haven't actually looked, but but from recall, um, it's they're just rather messy to watch. You know, <laughs> I was watching the highlights from the Chesterfield game, and I mean both teams were scrambling, and there were chances at both ends. And in that respect, it was actually quite an even game. Um, but a lot of hesitant, sort of defensive marking the first goal that Chesterfield got was through a defensive error um and the whole the whole kind of dynamic just looks off kilter at the minute it looks like there isn't a flow either going forwards or an organization at the back and I d- by the end of the game, I just wanted to shake the lot of them because it was just like, what What are you actually trying to do here? What actually is the plan? What is the framework? What are your mechanisms? What is your modus operandi? Because the, there was just no evidence of of a of an organisation to what was going on. And I, I, I think it's... And you listen to D, Dean Keats' interviews... In fairness, I think he's as frustrated. You know, he feels they're always on the back for always always being pinned back. And you could see that in the game. Um, so I, I do think the uncertainty around the takeover can't be helping just because it puts one more thing on the table. Yeah. It, it takes, it's one more thing where you're not concentrating on what's happening on the, on the field. Uh, so... I mean, I don't disagree in terms of let's just get it sorted out. I mean, what, I think what you said there, the lack of a plan is the one thing. I, I, I haven't been able to see anything from, from this weekend, but the lack of a plan from everything I've read, be it on Twitter and, uh, and articles and stuff, seems to be that that is the key complaint. Like, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to achieve? 
and I think that that frustration comes across. I, I, the only thing I'll say, and again, I haven't seen anything from this week, so it's it's a bit you know much for me to say perhaps, but it always makes me laugh when managers say, oh, "I'm really frustrated," you know, about this, 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 and this. Well, I I hate to break it to you mate but it's your job <laughs> if you're frustrated <laughs> about it do something there's no point telling me i can't do anything about it you do something about it and that line that managers churn out at the minute again then we're back to steve bruce but that sort of thing of oh you know this is i'm really frustrated at the moment it's just like well do something about it then and like i, I come out and communicate what we're trying to do come out and communicate what the plan is don't just say it's not good enough and i'm frustrated it doesn't achieve anything and i think again similar to Steve Bruce in fact that was something else I read is that a lot of fans seem frustrated with what Keats is saying after matches um, kind of a lot of hollow hollow words and kind of cliches to an extent it doesn't actually justify anything that's going on on the pitch or kind of explain anything that's going on on the pitch it just seems again from what I've read that he's perhaps I don't want to say out of ideas but out of ideas <laughs> yeah no I, I, I can understand that um you know, Chesterfield's winner was a 89th minute yeah. goal, which always leaves you like pulling your hair out. Um, and it was actually beautifully taken threaded ball that split the defence and, and a very nice goal. Um, but having kind of scrambled your way through the 89 minutes defensively um, to then give up that late goal must it must really knock your confidence. And I and I, I think that's the problem, at, one of the problems at the minute for Wrexham is it it, it feels like one step forward and two back. Yeah. And, and um, you know, they're all but, alter, I mean, they've hardly played any games since December, but they're basically alternating a win and a, a loss, a win and a loss in the last, I don't know, half a dozen games or so. And it, it has that look of just treading water. And I think we were so optimistic when the news of the takeover broke that we felt like this, you know, we should be doing more than treading water. Yeah. And and I wonder whether psychologically the the timeline has has left people wondering like do we move forward? Do we do we do X, Y, and Z? Or are we just waiting for the new owners to come in and then we can do X, Y, and Z? And I, I wonder whether it's kind of perpetuated that that uh, swimming in circles kind of phenomena that seems to have become almost a, a norm at the race course. Yeah, I would I would go with the second one, to be honest. We're kind of waiting for this to happen and then we can crack on. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it just you're just swimming in circles a bit. I say all of these things, mind, they've got, Halifax uh, tomorrow I think it is Tuesday um, who are above them in the league but if they win they go to 26 points which would take them either I think above Halifax in sixth in the league so it's as you mentioned with league two it is quite an open league in a lot of ways and you know people have got some a lot of games in hand some people have played 19 games some people have played 14 games it's uh it's a bit of a jumble there so i do think the flip side to all the the kind of issues or confusion is is that you win a couple of games they've got halifax and then i think it was king's lynn after that you know king's lynn again you know bottom bottom quarter of the table so i mean if you if you win these two games you know all of a sudden <laughs> you know things are looking much better again yeah, I mean it's it's similar to Division Two in 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 that regard, and particularly when you consider the playoff 
spots so there go all the, all the way down to yeah. seventh. Um, so you know, one they're at twelfth at the minute, but one win and they're up into the playoff spots. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a ludicrous, equally ludicrous league in in that regard. And you do feel if they could just turn alternating the wins into win two lose one, win two lose one, even just change it to that much of a momentum swing that suddenly they'd be jumping up the table but then equally other teams can do that too so i mean who knows dave genuinely who knows yeah no i I do agree um to move on to i guess the big news uh in welsh club football this week uh mick mccarthy mick mccmackham as uh as we like to call him um has taken over the cardiff city job um I I want to get your kind of first thoughts, Ruth, but I also wanted to just, uh, one of the things we wanted to do here was kind of get some feedback from fans um, on on their thoughts. So I've done a bit of tweeting and I've spoken to a few of my pals. Um, A few people kind of said more um, relatively positive things than I was expecting, to be honest. a few people, Hal Spindler on Twitter said um, he doesn't get the hate. It's a short-term deal with a chance to be extended, but it's a manager of stability in the championship. I want to see ambition moving forward, but Harris has left a mess. He also mentioned that he loves Bellamy, but doesn't see what everyone else does in the situation. How do we know he won't come in in the future, fall out with the squad and leave us six months down the line completely off course? He's an unproven quantity, which I think is a fair comment. Um Equally on the on the positive side of things, Iwan Rowlands, I had a really interesting back and forth with him about this. Um, and he said he thought he'll do well for a season or two like Warnock, especially if he's backed. The Republic of Ireland simply didn't have the players when he came in there. Although I will say as a side note, he did have quite a good record there. His record with mm-hmm. them was decent. Um, he wasn't given a chance in Cyprus. So before we go on to some of the other comments that I've got about Mick, what are your thoughts to the situation and you know your, your response to, to those two comments? To be honest, I think I, I think I'm on that side of the fence. It if it feels a bit ordinary and underwhelming as an appointment, but he is a steady hand. Um, the his experience at that level of football is excellent. He's his time in with Wolves in particular actually went very very well when you when you, you know, analyse it across the five-plus years he was there. Um, same at Ipswich. He does have a tendency to leave clubs with a kind of strangeness in the air and a weirdness <laughs> to his departure. Like, you look at what, I think what happens in Cyprus is, you know, a case in point, although he's only been there a matter of, what, six six weeks yeah. or something. Um you know, how he left Ipswich, it was weird circumstances. What happened with the Steve Kenny taking over the Republic of Ireland in, in McCarthy's second stint? That's yeah. all just strange. Um, so I, I think that would need that needs looking at is is ultimately his exits seem to be clouded in 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 vagaries and and uncertainties um that that don't seem typical of managerial departures so i do think that's something to be aware of down the line but in terms of 
right now. I can I can see the appeal for Cardiff. They haven't. They've had most success recently when they've gone for the steady hand, the kind of predictable, um, knock the first team into shape kind of manager. Interestingly, McCarthy at Wolves in particular, he really did have to develop the youth team and brought in some quite canny loan signings when the, when the club was financially in a real mess. Yeah. Um, and, and in fairness, has you know, laid the foundations to where they are now, really. Um, so ironically, I think if he, if he finds himself in that sort of position in Cardiff, where he has to use the academy and has to bring the younger players through, it might end up generating that kind of pipeline feed that the fans are calling out for. The fans are saying that the academy is underutilised and um, underdeveloped. Yeah. I just, I just think uh, that if you're looking at that from that angle, I think given, I think everything that's happened around this is almost contradictory. In that, like mm. for example, there you're saying, you know, that's a good chance for him to bring players through from the academy. In no world is he doing that in the first instance now. Like, oh no, agree. Do, agree. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so if you want him to bring players through from the academy, great. That's definitely a long-term solution, and he has done that once somewhere else. The flip side of that is, if that's what you want, then why have you given him a six-month contract? I think there seems to be a lot of muddled thinking. And just to <laughs> just to go back one more step, something you said about the kind of leaving in a cloud sort of thing. He, I think that is the one thing I've noticed from every person I've spoken to, every bit of research I've done, is that at the end, he always leaves the club, on the pitch at least, in a worse position than when he found it. And I know that is common to you know managers losing their job. I, like, I get that's why you lose your job, isn't it? But I think that he's always kind of got to a point at the end of each reign where things are really, really bad. And I remember him saying, like you're talking about Wolves there, saying some crazy things at Wolves. Mm -hmm. I was kind of doing some digging for some statistics to kind of sort of back up what I was saying a little bit. In one season, he has got the fourth worst win percentage of any manager over one season. Um and that was that that was when he was in charge at the Mackhams. Um mm -hmm. and his and his partner, uh, his who's gonna be kind of coming with him, is third on the list with a win percentage of zero <laughs> when he was in charge of Wolves in twenty eleven, twelve. And that just I think shows you the the hole perhaps that, that McCarthy had kind of left them in a little bit. And I know I'm kind of cherry picking statistics. I'm I'm fully aware that I, I you know, I know what I'm doing there. But um I do think that the Cardiff have got to be really careful because it, when it works for him and it goes well, then there seems to be this thing where it does work well for a little bit and okay, it might end up in a mess, but at least you get the bounce, if you like, of a year or two mm -hmm. years or whatever. The flip side to that is if it doesn't go that and it goes straight into the crap, sort of like what happened in Cyprus on a nose there short term, blah, blah, blah. You know, you won two games in eight. So there is that flip side, whereas if it goes wrong more quickly than it has done well then you're kind of in trouble very, very quickly because he's never shown that he's got the aptitude, if that's the right word, to to then dig himself out of it after. Yeah, I, I, the six-month contract is interesting, but I, I think Cardiff, given how badly things were going in Cyprus, I don't think they had to offer him longer than six months. 
there wasn't an impetus to offer him longer than six months. He was going to move for a six-month contract. So why put you in, yourself in the position where you you tie yourself to yet another managerial contract? You can evaluate in the summer. So I can understand. I don't think it speaks well of Cardiff's intentions, the big picture intentions, but I can see why it works for both parties in the short term in this instance. I mean... I, I'm not saying it's a good outcome. Yeah. I can see why it was tempting for both. I think. I mean, I can. I mean, for him, obviously, he's just lost his job in Cyprus. He's got. It gets a quick return to football. I can entirely see why he was, you know, happy to come back in there. And I mean, looking at the, the possible contenders, I mean, it kind of was would be an interesting mix, in terms of Paul Cook, who you know has, has done a good job at, at Wigan, was was top of the list. Pulis, I mean, I, I and Mark Hughes, I wouldn't have touched them or Bowen for that fact. But Danny Cowley was there. Mike Flynn was there. Um, Bellamy, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about him later. Lee Bowyer, I think it was, you know, done 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 well at Charlton. So I, I think of my point, I guess, is that of all the people that could have come in, even if it was on a short-term thing, I'm I'm really surprised that it's him. And the second thing to go with, you know, to go with it is, if he's the right man for the job, then why do the six-month contract? Like, I don't buy into the whole thing of we. You know, this is so we can come up with a long-term plan. Well, I, if you're going to sack your manager, then you should have thought about that beforehand. Like, it's not like he's lost at QPR, right? Well, I have to get rid of him now. Like that, that they knew that they were going to do this. I'd imagine. So, I, I'm just as as with a lot of things that I've I, again I've seen and heard about Cardiff. I, I just it just strikes me as muddled thinking a lot of the time. I think. Yeah, I can't disagree. I don't think there is a big picture plan, yeah. as I said. And I think this is in, an indicative, the six-month contract is indicative of that. Um, I I think the managers who seem to approach this as big picture, you know, you look, the, the names towards the end of that list that you read are more big picture managers. I don't yeah. think they would go be attracted by a club like Cardiff at the minute, unless there, unless it came with some more holistic thinking and it came with a, a kind of mindset switch ac- across the board. And then I think once those that style of manager aren't interested, then you're down to the, you know, as you said, the Poulis and Hughes, yeah. McCarthy's of the world. And actually, I think if you're perming from that particular pool i'm not sure he's such a bad choice out of that pool of managers yeah i mean that's like you know that's like saying <laughs> i know it's damning with frank praise definitely <laughs> exactly. yeah i'm on fire but you're less on fire than me so <laughs> cool uh, <laughs> i i mean i i do totally get what you're saying i and and you're right i mean of, of Pulis, Hughes, Bowen, or all of them. Is he a bad option of those of that ilk? I'm, I'm not sure. I just, I mean, I think you say there that Cardiff aren't an attractive proposition or words to that effect. I I do think if you looked at it, if like all managers have an ego, that's why you're a manager. You think you can change things. You think you can win things. You can make. You think you can make someone be the best they can be or whatever. Then you, you have to have that sort of ego to go with it. And for me, I think that he. I think as a consequence of that, any decent manager would probably look at Cardiff and say, do you know what? They've got a decent-sized budget. 
they do spend money. They have got a great stadium, which is the de facto national stadium at the moment. The pitch is always in good nick. In that playing squad, they've got Welsh international up front. They've got one of Wales's better young players in Harry Wilson. They've got talented players in different positions. They've got some young players coming through if they choose to utilise them. Yes, there's stuff that needs to be done. But I think if if you're a manager, I actually think Cardiff are quite an attractive proposition, really, because ultimately all Tan and that, uh, Chu, Mehmet Dalman, other people at the top of the club, all they want is success and, and, with, and the money and everything that kind of comes with that. So I don't really think they care how they, how they get there. Um, so I think as a consequence, if you're a manager coming in, you'd actually probably think to yourself, do you know what, this is actually... I think a great opportunity, and I, and I and I do and I do think that, and I know it's not as simple as that, and there's a lot there's a lot more to it, and I and I do understand that, but I think if you're a, a talented, ambitious manager, the Cardiff job is actually quite a quite an attractive one, I think. I think if you felt you could take it by the scruff and shake it, and and manage the plan, be part of the plan. I don't disagree with you, but what you were saying about the owners are in it for the financial outcome and they don't particularly mind what what the route is to get there. I think by definition, that means they're not interested in developing a plan. They're just interested in outcomes. And again, then to go with that, why have they done the six-month contract to build a plan? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't think they are building a plan. I think that's the point. <laughs> I don't think they are building yeah. a plan. I think that's what people are kind of uh, assuming is happening um, as much as they are hoping is happening. Um, Pete Davis said he thought a six-month contract would make it a shrewd move. His first reaction was, really? But looking at it, perhaps he can pick the players up and give the club time to truly write this season off and allow the club to plan for the future. They won't. I hope he can tell Dalman, Tan, Chu, etc. exactly what's going on and how to fix it. Now, the, the writing off the season thing was a really interesting point i spoke to a, a pal of mine uh cheapo uh, who's a season ticket holder at cardiff and he said that whilst they're happy to write off the the season he said he can't write off his season ticket he decided and i'm sure obviously cardiff fans will know this but you if you keep your season ticket i didn't know this i don't know if you did ruth but um you deduct 10 pound from the value of your season ticket every home game um and the club keep that money so that you can watch it on the cardiff website and if you commit to that you don't have a choice you can't watch one and not the other if you're right. if you're in you're in for the whole season even if you don't end up watching it so his point was amongst amongst other things that it's all well and good for them to say they can write off the season but does that mean you know they've chucked in the towel does he get his 10 pound a game back for the rest of the mm-hmm. season like uh, it is quite um, I, don't, I get the impression that people are a little bit insulted by the the flippancy. I don't know if that's a, I don't yeah. know, is, is a word. But. No, no. Yeah, no, no. I can un, I can understand that the frustration of that um, that you're. But then you would if you'd have bought a season ticket for the season, you've bought the season ticket for the season. You whether you actually attend the games or not, you've spent that money. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate a bit. Yeah. I wonder if that's how Cardiff, you know, from their point of view, it's not. It's not your season ticket. You don't pay for your season ticket by game. No, I, so, I, I see what you're saying, I, but yeah. I I think it's just maybe perhaps an example more of how they don't. There's no kind of genuine they're, they're, communication. They're not invested. There, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I can't disagree with can't disagree with uh, that frustration. Yeah. Um, I think another. I'm just trying to get into the right point of my notes. <laughs> um, another one of my pals, Hixie, who isn't a season ticket holder this year, but has been very recently, said ultimately it's a fairly negative appointment with the underlying feeling that even saying that is too positive, which I think is absolutely <laughs> damning. Um, in hindsight, it looks like the club moved quickly to get rid of Harris so that they could sign McCarthy, which is weird because McCarthy is hardly an exciting prospect. Um, I'm glad he's been signed on a short-term contract, but if anything, if the last 10 years are anything to go by, I'll worry they'll make the appointment permanent in the summer. We'll have another manager who plays a certain way. I think even back to the days of Dane, Dave Jones and the talent he had and we played long ball then, it's just a bit depressing that we can't get off those tracks. I know we've had our fair share of success with that type of football, as has McCarthy, but it is just not in inspiring i think it says something about the limited vision of those at the club who make these decisions i think that last sentence there is the one that kind of rung true for me more than anything mm-hmm. is it's, i think it's something about the limited vision of those at the club who make these type of decisions yeah i mean i think that's an interesting summation of the kind of the psyche yeah. of, of where they're of where they're at yeah, I think the last, the, you know, the last, the I just want to read the last one is mm-hmm. a, a friend of mine, Gav, who I think has been on the podcast before, um, who used to play for the Barry Horns. He said he felt the need for significant change and wanting a clear vision and long term plan, and this feels very short term. If Mick does a decent job, they'll keep him, but he doesn't. Um, not everyone has the faith that they'll do the right thing at the end of the season, because even though a new direction is needed, working out a sustainable plan for promotion, uh, but staying up too. Uh, I think again, go on. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think there's any, despite the fact that a lot of these people have got differing views, you know, the quotes that you're, you're reading, I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't think I disagree with any of them because, because Cardiff doesn't have a clear trajectory you don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah. So the speculation that there can be infinite speculation about what they're trying to do. And there's nothing about this appointment that indicates a move towards an improved trajectory. It, it smacks of the status quo. And it might be that, given they've got you know in the last i don't know eight or ten games they've got the worst the worst uh record in the championship so it might be that a steady hand of the tiller making sure it doesn't get any worse and they certainly don't go down this season might not be the wrong decision no and it's I, just it doesn't on, it doesn't speak to any ambition no i i, I do see that and i think and if that is their ambition for this year, I guess that's the right way to go. I, I suppose, I mean, we can't answer the questions, obviously, but it would be great yeah. if someone from Cardiff City came out <laughs> and said, we've given him a short-term contract because during these six months, he's going to keep us up. We want him to play a certain style of football. We will back him to do that. And if we get playing that style of football, he keeps the job. Mm-hmm. Or they can say, we's got six months. We are going to work out a plan, you know, well, let's hope for the best. He is going to go at the end of the six months. There's just nothing that's come out and kind of explain what they want their 
what their plan is and what they want to happen, only kind of sound bites from him saying, I'll play the certain way I can play depending on the players I've got and all this sort of stuff. That's the thing that I think is worrying most for Cardiff fans is that there's no, everything is short term and, you know, there's no even promise or a talk of a long term plan. It's always just kind of just us ticking over and hoping for the best, you know. Um, I will say one thing positive uh, whilst I was doing this, and obviously I was being a bit tongue-in-cheek with my uh, statistics <laughs> from before. Um, I looked at his win percentage as a manager. He's got a win percentage of give or take 40%, which considering the football teams he's managed, Millwall, Republic of Ireland, the Mackhams, Wolves, Ipswich, Republic of Ireland, and obviously his short spell in Cyprus, that's actually not bad. Mm-hmm. He's only had one job where he's lost more games than he's won. Every other job, he's won more games than he's lost. Um, and he's always won more than he's drawn as well. So everything is much more in the in the positive percentage-wise, if that makes sense, than the yep. negative. And only in the Republic of Ireland job, he only lost once in 10 games. So, you know, the second time round, obviously. Yeah. So the, to counter everything that I've just said for the last 20 minutes, I do think... There, there are definite signs that he's. It might be uninspiring. It may not be the long-term vision that you want, but for now, he will probably do a decent job. Yeah, that's my conclusion. I don't think there is a plan. I don't think there is a framework. I don't think they're looking for a dev- developmental manager. So if you're not, if that's if you've, if you're not going down that route. Then you're looking for someone to steady the ship. Here I am going with my ship metaphors again. <laughs> steady, the sh- steady the ship. Keep you on track and get you through this season in one piece, hopefully moving up the table a little bit and just, um, just build a bit of momentum. And if you're looking for that style of manager, I don't think he's a bad option. Yeah. I think the dis I think the disappointment is that they're looking in that direction and not the former direction. Yeah. I mean, I think realistically, you have to look that this season has gone in terms of the playoffs. They if they are fifteen, I think, points off the playoffs. Fifteenth, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so, a lot. So they, they need <laughs> it's a lot, even by the standards of these messy <laughs> leagues this year. Yeah, I mean, they they do need to do something about that. And you know, the reality is is that Rotherham have got twenty points and Cardiff have got twenty nine. Derby have got 25 who are just above them so I mean it's not a they are much closer to the bottom than the top so I suppose that the short term resolution is some is, is, is born out of necessity as much as anything else I guess yeah I, th- I think that's it I, th- I don't think they are investing the time and the energy on the big picture stuff and if you don't do that you're just looking at someone to to get you safely from A to B. And it's it's difficult to argue that he's not a reasonable choice for that role. It's yeah. just underwhelming. Yeah, I, I think that's that is probably the best way to describe it, to be honest. Underwhelming, but he'll probably he'll probably get the job done. I think that's I I, I can't I don't see Cardiff going down with the players they've got and you know, he will shore them up at the back. I, I do believe that and all right, it might not be glamorous, it may not be exciting, but I do think he'll do what is needed to kind of see the season out mm-hmm. yeah agree agree um i don't have anything else to add 
we're doing a podcast at the moment that is less than an hour long. This is almost no, that that can't that can't be. Yeah, this can't is be right. This is almost a, this is almost a short. <laughs> this is almost a snippet uh, by our standards. Uh, do you have anything else that you would like to mention? No, I think um, it's it's uh, it's the last day to decide what to do about the damn tickets, isn't it? Are you? What have you? Have you? Have you made a major mind? Up? I haven't haven't hit the button yet, but I think I'm going to return the Rome one because yeah. it's um, that's the bulk of the money I've spent. The rest that was the expensive ticket, and I can't see me getting to Italy for June. I think at this point I'd rather save the money and hope to get across in the autumn, yeah, and and come to some of the games in the autumn. Yeah, I think. That I think from from your perspective, uh, that's definitely the the right thing to do. I think, I think, I mean, we're still we're still hanging on. A few of my pals that I go to the games with have of Jack theirs this week, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm still hanging on. I think me and O's are gonna hopefully gonna go, but obviously, you know, it all it is all still up in the air. But I think for us, it's considering how much closer we are than you i think that makes it a a lot easier to to kind of make that decision I, like i said last time I, I just don't think i'm ready to give up on it yet i think i feel like if i don't have something to look forward to in the summer you know we're in a bloody curfew at the minute no one's <laughs> doing a vaccine the dutch government literally all quit uh, a couple of weeks ago so we haven't even got a prime minister probably until the end of march um things are just on fire yeah <laughs> so i uh, i don't think i'm ready to give up on uh, on going to a football match in june just yet but i think I'm sure the the decision will end up being taken out of my hand. But anyway, um, we shall see. We live in hope, Ruth. Yeah, I'm going to hang on to the um, the the like the options I have on the later games, um, but give up the Italy one. I think. Yeah. Well, with a bit of luck, Ruth, I'll see you at Wembley for uh, <laughs> an, an overpriced <laughs> pie and a pint and uh, a final and a semi final to look forward to. That'll be that'll be a great way to round off uh, this uh, this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 hope we hope. Uh, anyway, in ladies and gentlemen, I have got to go and put the tea on because I've just realised the time. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Ruth. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. It was it was good. Yeah. Uh, so it, interesting times for all of the teams, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I quite like them when we don't all just agree on everything we say all the time. I, 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 quite <laughs> I like don't them. think we do, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Ever? Well, you know, some of the time. Um, I think it's more me agreeing with you rather than you agreeing with the nonsense that I come out with. But anyway, we are now properly waffling. Um, waffling yeah. We will we stop have, there. Have we tipped past the hour yet? No, no, no. We're just at 50 minutes. We're safe for now. Um, I'm hoping we're going to get back to being able to do these a bit more regularly. So with a bit of luck, we'll be back with something else for you next week. Uh, stay safe, look after yourselves and speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye bye.